my voice is probably just going to get progressively lower because that's like right registration. <laughs> well, and if you go up in your register, you wind up having a voice crack like my twelve-year-old. So seriously, no. The other day, it was like sounds like Mark's going through puberty again. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, so I recently, so for Halloween, we did this fun thing. So Shannon and I uh, did a Halloween party, which we were, I, I won't say begrudgingly, but not necessarily excitedly in charge of as well. So we um, uh, were asked by some other couples to join them in planning a uh, Halloween party. And it was really fun. Uh, it wound up being really fun. Uh, the so the theme of it was Avengers theme, and and we had to go find the Infinity Stones. If you followed the Avengers movies and stuff like that, um, so it was really fun. So we had to go find the six Infinity Stones as part of the activities, and so we did all these challenges. And and as we were planning it, I I said, hey, for the the Soul Stone, it would be fun to do some kind of service activity where we you know do something. Where, because you have to, the Soul Stone, if, if you watch the movie, sorry if this is a spoiler, you have to give away the thing that you value the most to get the Soul Stone. You have to give away something you love the very most. Um, and anyway, so uh, I thought it would be cool to do some kind of service and give, you know, give away of our time or give away of something where we serve other people. And so what we kind of came up with uh, somebody in our group had the awesome idea of baking a plate of cookies that you thought you were sharing with your team, but then we wind up going to somebody's house in the neighborhood who is uh, older or couldn't participate for some reason. You know, we have several uh, widows and widowers in our uh, in our neighborhood and stuff. So there's probably a more updated term than that. Um, so I apologize if that is not the correct term. Um, but the uh, anyway, it was really cool. So we went and visited an 84-year-old guy who is just the neatest guy. And so as part of this challenge, we brought him cookies uh, or, well, these awesome pumpkin bars. They were so delicious. Um, but brought him these pumpkin bars and um, spent uh, – we had – like as part of the game, we had to at least spend 20 minutes with him. I think we spent like close to 40. Um, we were so ahead in the game too that it didn't matter, which I think was honestly like a blessing. It was the neatest opportunity to sit down and talk with this just amazing man um, who had led an interesting life. And so I just wanted to share some of the life lessons learned from him because I think it's applicable to us all, honestly. Some of the lessons that he taught and learned um, were just incredible. So anyway, that's the so Shannon, feel free to chime in as I go through this if I'm if I'm wrong about anything. But I want to hear from you first. So um, I think we've all hopefully had these moments where we've talked to somebody that just is in a different stage than us and has more wisdom than us. Doesn't necessarily have to be older, but um, but there just seems to come some wisdom with age. Uh, so have you had a moment where you had a chance to, to sit down and talk with somebody that just you were able to glean from their wisdom? I'd love to hear about that in the chat. 
Um, so, so share some of your experiences with us. Um, would love to hear those things because it's always interesting to hear the life lessons that you, you learn from people. So yeah, I'll kind of sit a minute and, and wait to see kind of what your experiences have been. But I know Mark had recently a, a, a cool experience with the guy at the, uh, you shared a bit about that on some of the calls, uh, you know, at the, whatever that's called, the Ninja Warrior Gym and stuff. But yeah, I, if anybody else has some cool experiences where they've learned from, from somebody, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, Mark, uh, with your experience, what, oh shoot, got you right in the cockpit. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, what, what would you say is the number one take home you got from, from that experience with the, the guy at the Ninja Warrior Gym? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just optimism for like how much is left in life at any stage. Mm -hmm. um, well, he'd mentioned how, how like when he was beginning this process, it was really difficult. You know, his, his shoulders hurt, his body hurt. Like he wasn't strong enough to do a lot of this stuff. Um, and so like all, all that was cool. Right. And, and like this ability to stay active and be active, but what came through it all was just this like tireless sense of optimism, right. That like, Hey, the future still has so much in store for me. Like there's so much of life left to live. <clears throat> and I love that because I think all too often, right? Um, it's just like, you know, we either see people that are, are a little bit older kind of fade away or they feel like they fade away. And um, I was actually having this conversation with my brother over the over the weekend. Like, so I have a grandma that's 94 and I have a grandma that's 101. Wow. And yeah, some, some longevity in those, in those yeah. genes. But uh, the one that's 101, <clears throat> like, lives in a very small town and she only had my dad and his brother and his brother doesn't have any kids. And so like her world's just kind of gotten smaller and smaller, uh, you know, as, as friends and, and family and stuff have, have passed on. Yeah, my 94 year old, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. My 94 year old grandma is like the, uh, she just like never stops moving ever. <laughs> like she's yeah. like a worker bee and, and is healthier than all of her children. Um, <clears throat> But I said, as my brother and I were talking, it was like, it's actually really cool. You know, it's like, yeah, her her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren rely on her for a lot, you know, to help them with things or take care of grandkids or different things like that. But that's part of the reason why she stayed so healthy is because she, like, <clears throat> is active in their lives and she, like, is, you know, has a has a sense of meaning and purpose from from being able to interact with her family and and be with them and go to different things with them. And so, like, she has that same kind of sense of tireless optimism, right? Like, there's still so much to do. There's still so much, um, like, that I can get out of life. And that's been really inspiring to me, right, both with this guy and, and with my grandma, that it's like, you never have to stop living. Like, right. it's a choice. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And so, Christy, so I welcome in um, Sherston and Wade that joined the call just a second ago. So what we're talking about is lessons that you've learned from from people that are wiser than you. and so. Like if you have a story to share about somebody that, you know, has increased wisdom that you've learned from, we'd love to hear kind of your experiences. Um, like it just, it's so fun to learn. So I was telling about how I learned from a, a interview I had kind of with a, with an 84 year old that was so fun. So 
Uh, Christy says here, my grandmother, after breast cancer and having so much arthritis, she was still as active as she could be. She said, move it or lose it, which I love. I love that. I look back at that and think um, I could have listened more. And all of us can, right? There's, there's always so much advice. I remember one time is when I was uh, a young man, we had the opportunity to interview a guy that was 96 or 95 at the time. I think he, he passed away at 96. Um, but when we asked him his dying advice, it was hilarious, especially for a bunch of like 17, 18 year old boys. He said, well, and he thought about it for a sec. He said, don't eat cheese. It constipates. <laughs> that was his, that was his dying advice to a bunch of 17 year olds. We loved it. It was hilarious. Um, he's like, okay, I think that may be more of a, an issue as you get older. Uh, well, and for some people, uh, definitely can can be a problem. So, but I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, he's a funny guy, super active guy. Loved uh, mountain biking um, and and road cycling and skiing. And it was when his family finally took away his skis and and uh, mountain bike that he he passed away really quickly after that. It was kind of sad, but uh, anyway, he he was a great example of just living that active active life. Anyway, so coming back to that story then of the 84-year-old, he was, again, he was just such a cool guy, um, super active. He was talking to us about how many medals he had from the Huntsman Senior Games. He currently has 27 Huntsman Senior Game medals between um, basketball and um, uh, bowling is, is kind of what he's doing more now. I think he might still play basketball, but... Anyway, so I was asking him, he's just super fit. Um, he, uh, when he was uh, going through, his wife was going through cancer. His, his second wife uh, was going through cancer. Uh, so he's been married and widowed twice, but married three times. So um, he started lifting weights and getting in shape. Uh, and he got, at 55, he was able to bench over 300 pounds. Um, just this incredible guy. So I was asking him, like, you know, how how's it coming with your fitness? You still hitting the gym every day? And he's like, well, I really took a drop off with COVID and everything. And uh, I was like, well, can you still do some pull ups? And he said, well, not as many as I used to be able to do. I, you know, I feel kind of bad that that's dropped off. I still did ten this morning. So he, he did ten pull ups in a row uh, that morning. But so I mean, that's incredible at any age, let alone 84. So um, just a, a really neat guy, still super fit and, and super active. So, you know, that was my question. It's like, how do you, how do you keep going and keep doing that? And he just lived through so much. So um, through his, you know, mid thirties to his mid thirties, he just kind of led uh, an alternative lifestyle, kind of was smoking, had a, had a drinking problem and was kind of not living life uh, in a productive way, I guess, that was leading toward anything. Had a, had a rough marriage um, and so wound up mid-30s, divorced, and not really headed anywhere in life. He decided to go back to school and start making some different life choices and uh, started to get on the right track for kind of where he wanted his life to go and where he thought his life would go. And um, so... All of a sudden, just started, you know, things started working out. Got married and just married this 
amazing uh, woman that he, he really loved and uh, had some kids with her and all these things and just started to, to build this life that he always wanted. And all of a sudden she gets uh, cancer and she passes away. And, and so he, you know, really got into fitness and other things. He had started to get into fitness prior to that. Um, and, and so just devastated him. And then he again meets this amazing woman who again gets cancer and passes away. So just like, it's just a rough, uh, life that could have made him so bitter and so angry and kind of taking him back on that, you know, kind of not so great path that he was leading where it really wasn't a productive member of society at that point. Um, but instead, uh, he, he chose to have a perspective that was just amazing. So um, he was talking about how, so he serves now uh, and has for quite some time. He spends a couple of days a week at the jail. He goes into the Davis County Jail and works with the inmates. Um, just a cool guy. Uh, and so he saw a friend of his who he saw just kind of throw away his life after his wife passed away. And so he, he pulled him aside and said, hey, you know, what's going on? I know you lost your wife, so sorry and everything. And the guy basically admitted to him that he was so mad at God that he was throwing his life away just to stick it to God. And, and was just so bitter and so angry. And, and here's this man that, that also had every, you know, right, as it were, to, to be bitter and angry. Um, and he said, you know, I think you're seeing this all wrong, he said to his friend. He said, I am grateful for every day, for every hour that I had with, these, with his wife. Uh, well, with both of his wives. But the, the one in particular, the last one, was uh, just this amazing, amazing woman that just melted everyone's heart and won over his kids and just was this amazing woman. And he said, I, you know, I only got a couple of years with her before she got sick and died. Um, he said, I only got a few years with her, but I'm not bitter about it. I thank God for every minute I was able to have with her. And that perspective, oh, as he was telling that, we all just kind of like got choked up and and just felt the, the weight of what he said. What an amazing perspective to have of, you know, instead of being mad at God and throwing your life away, um, to be grateful for what he was able to learn from her and the, the light that she brought into his life for that short time. Um, what, what an incredible perspective. And his perspective on everything was just so amazing. So um, he said, you know, who I am today is nowhere near who I was headed to be uh, 50 years ago. He said, when I was in my mid-30s, the place I was headed was not, not a good place. He said, and I never really took a big step ever. I never like just changed overnight. He said, I don't think it works that way. He said, all I did was take a bunch of little steps. And little steps over 50 years, you can really make it a long way. And that hit me so hard 
because I think that's what we're trying to preach with with our you know program here with becoming body smart. Like that's what we're trying to preach is it's about those little steps. It's not making big overhaul steps. It's taking little steps in the right direction that that lead us to our ultimate goal. And we've got to be patient with ourselves that yeah, some of our goals may take till we're 80. And that's okay. It's about heading in the right direction, taking all those little steps that may sometimes be a shuffle. Um, but they're they're learning, they're data points that are keeping us going in the right direction. And that just that was so powerful to me when he said that. Like I never made a big change. I just took a lot of little steps and over 50 years those little steps led in a great direction and he was able to do and and still is doing amazing things changing lives um i've had some some brothers-in-law in the jail system and what he does for people there is is just incredible and and i'm so grateful that there are people like that um who serve in that way that that care about people enough to to love even those who are kind of at the the lowest point of their life and and kind of living a life that none of us would probably ever want um that there are people good enough to go and spend time and love them is is incredible and and quite inspiring honestly um so he's just such a cool guy and to see those little steps over his lifetime so i have known him now for um over 30 years. So I met him in 1995 and it was about the time that he married his his then third wife. Um, and so I, I kind of saw them as they got married and she was just this amazing person. And then uh, so just a cool guy. So they get married and a few weeks later, I think they, he said they were married like two or three weeks. In church, there was a, uh, an advertisement on the bulletin board there in, in their church that said missionaries needed in Tonga to teach um, at, a, at a Tongan high school to teach, um, I think it was like chemistry. Anyway, some, some class, um, chemistry and physics or something like that. He talked to his wife that day. Uh, called the number and said, Hey, we'd, we'd love to do this. They said, Oh, that would be wonderful. We so need it. The problem is, is the semester starts in two weeks. We'd have to have you go right away. He went the next day and quit his job. And within a week and a half, they were on their way to Tonga. Um, I mean, to this tiny little island in the middle of nowhere. Communication was really difficult. Um, and within a week and a half, he just gave up everything he was doing to go. And, and the way he sees it is he's like, God is so good to me. He said, I, what an amazing thing to find this woman who is just the most incredible love of my life, amazing woman. And then to bless me with a two year honeymoon to Tonga, to a tropical island. I mean, just his perspective on it. The rest of us are thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just quit your job and up and left at 55 um, years old and just up and left and went to Tonga. Like, how incredible is that? Um, what what a neat man. But that is his 
way of doing everything in life is he goes all in. Um, and that doesn't mean like he pushes harder than he's capable of pushing necessarily. He just, if he's going to do it, he does it with full gusto and full heart. And, and so he went all in on going on this mission. And, and so in his, in his, uh, like kitchen dining area where we were sitting around the table, he had this curio cabinet full of just amazing seashells, the biggest seashell I've ever seen, the biggest like conch shell. It was like huge. It took up like a whole shelf. It was massive. And uh, he told the story of how he found that and how it was given to him by this, by this, uh, uh, Tongan man who said that was the biggest seashell he'd ever seen, the biggest shell he'd ever seen. Anyway, so, um, they, they just had this m amazing seashell collection. And that, that just to me speaks to how he goes all in. Like they found all of the most beautiful shells around the islands and, and brought them home and, and made, they made picture frames for all of their kids. And they just like everything he does, he goes all in. And just, so he had this amazing collection. And, and I think that's one of the things that just made him so magical is his ability to just like go all in and everything in loving people that, that are hard to love in, in, you know, caring for others in seeing the right perspective of like, Oh no, God didn't take her away from me. He gave me those years. Um, like that ability to be all, all in, in your heart and in your mind and in your effort to, to really go after what you're pursuing is so cool. And he does that on the basketball court. So that's one of the first places. My, one of my first memories is him as a basketball coach. Um, he coached my older brother's team and then he coached my team for a season and he would get out there and play with us, you know, and, and so at that time he wasn't, you know, he was, uh, in his early sixties, um, just widowed for the second time. Um, and, but he would still get out and play with us. Was good. Um, he was still a really good basketball player. Um, and so just fun to see like that energy and that vitality and that ability to, to still go and, and do so many amazing things. And so I learned a lot from him. Um, just not only during that, uh, meeting, but also, uh, just from watching him over the years, just such a great guy and, and so inspiring to me. So anyway, there's kind of the, the long recap of my interview with just this amazing man, um, at 84, still doing 10 pull-ups, but even more still, um, doing the reps of serving people when a lot of his peers are kind of withering away and not really reaching out and just kind of um, sitting at home fighting time. And he is out actively trying to make people's lives better and make people's lives better who really are down and out, who really are struggling. And that is such an inspiration to me to keep going, to keep doing, to keep serving other people and, and loving them uh, for life and not just, not just, you know, at certain times or with certain assignments or things like that, but to, to do it out of the goodness of your heart. And, and what a, what a great guy. They've actually tried to get him to, uh, to quit and give somebody else the opportunity, uh, with his jail assignments and stuff like that. And he's like, nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this for as long as I can. Uh, it's pretty awesome. He's such a cool guy. Um, again, if anybody has, uh, stories to share of, of lessons they've learned from, 
from somebody that's inspiring. Um, like Keith, he's just, he's the most amazing guy. Um, and, and anyway, uh, yeah, I would love to hear anybody else's stories or experiences that they've had where they've learned, learned from somebody else. Sorry, I've kind of dominated the time, but where Mark didn't have a voice, I didn't feel so bad about it. It worked, it worked out well. <laughs> um, so just as you were, as you were, um, telling the story, it made me think, I know a limited time. It made me think of a couple oh, yeah. different things that I've read recently. So I'll just give a, give a quick re recap. So one, I was actually reading this morning. This guy had read all of the time magazines from 1923 to 2000 something. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> it took oh, him like goodness. several. Yeah. But he said it was this life-changing experience <clears throat> because he saw like just kind of generations come and generations pass away and and these cycles go through and like people different experiencing the, these different things and like you know people at the top of achievement eventually passed on and so he's saying that like <clears throat> you know in the end uh, you know so many of the metrics that we use to define success really don't matter and you hear this from so many different people but he said it was what you know what he he learn from this is that it's it's relationships and experiences with others and like learning to become the type of person you want to become that really matters in the end all all the other things are insignificant in the end right in the face of of, of history marching on and like <clears throat> what ends up being most indelible is the lessons that we pass on to you know children and grandchildren or friends or anyone that we have influence on so i thought that was really cool yeah that um, is cool the the second <clears throat> was a, is a speech that uh, his name's Peter Kaufman uh, he gave to a, a graduating class I think it was but one of his things that he said was go positive and go first and so he said like how many of us <clears throat> like he, he asked them rhetorically how, like how many of you want to be paid attention to how many of you want to be respected how many of you want to like feel like you're important and like you matter and he said, go do that to other people. Be the first, right? Go positive. Pay attention to people. Respect them. Love them. Show compassion for them. Yeah. Uh, be loyal to them. Be respectful. Be trustworthy. And love them. <clears throat> and he said, like, even if they don't love you back, even if they don't reciprocate, like, just go positive and go first. And so I thought that was a very cool lesson that made me think of, you know, like, as you were describing this this guy who went all in, um, I think that was very much his attitude, right? Like, be be that influence that that you mm -hmm. want people to be towards you. <clears throat> and then the last one was this, um, <clears throat> is from a TED talk. So this guy was talking about how different we are from our future selves, right? That, that in many ways totally. it's effectively a stranger. And so <clears throat> he gave three, um, three pieces of advice and I, I loved it. So he said, um, you have to, so except you're going to be a different person in 30 years time. You should be, you should play an active role crafting the person you want to become. Uh, you should be the curator of your future self. So mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then <clears throat> he said also, uh, our future selves are going to have capacities and strengths and wisdom that we do not possess today. So when we confront opportunities and we hesitate, when I tell myself, I don't think I have it in me to quit my job and start my own company, or I don't have it in me to learn a musical instrument, or I don't have it in me to look after a disabled child, what we really should be saying is, I don't have the capacity to do those things today. That doesn't mean I won't have the capacity to do those things tomorrow. So lesson number three is to be brave. And so I think this is the same guy, right? Like if you had told this guy in his in his 30s, like, 
<clears throat> you know, you're going to have two spouses pass away and you're going to have all these hard things. He probably would be like, I, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. That's too much for any one person. And I think most of us would probably think about that when, when we look at the trials in other people's lives. Like, I don't know how they did that. I couldn't do that. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I think we each find a way. And like in that encouragement to be to be brave, like we find ourselves building capacity to do things that we never thought we could. And it really is those simple changes, right? That like just just small changes over time and, and taking advantage of the effect of compounding till we can accomplish like truly like <laughs> extraordinary things even while living like simple lives. And mm. so I just I think that's a, a very cool lesson. Yeah. I I love that Mark. I, I do. I think so that idea of of who he is now and, and how he got there. Yeah, that wasn't an overnight thing. And I think so, you know, I look at, at Keith and just the coolest guy, and I wish I could be more like Keith. But I got to remember that that lesson that he taught us was of like, I never got here by making big steps. I'm not naturally this way. I took a bunch of little steps over time to become who I am today. And like that to me is inspiring that maybe I can become a little bit more like Keith by taking those little steps every day and becoming a little bit more like he is um, and that example that he has set. And that seems a little bit more attainable. I don't know. He's a pretty amazing guy. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's a stepwise process, not a, a, just a decision you make in your head, right? It's, it's, a bunch of little decisions to be more positive, to try to go first. You know, it's great to say stuff like that, but that means you have to choose to go first um, every single day, right? With with every single interaction, it's a, it's this choice you have to keep making until that becomes part of who you are. But it's a habit. It's a it's something you have to form in yourself. We were talking about that with my kids yesterday with forgiveness. That that especially. Forgiving somebody really is more about healing your own heart than healing somebody else's heart. And forgiveness, maybe, especially if you were really wrong or really harmed or there's trauma involved, um, forgiveness um, may be something you have to do every single day. It may be something you have to wake up and do every day. It's not just a one-time thing where you forgive and forget. That's, that's pretty hard to do in, in most cases, honestly especially if there's trauma associated because that trauma doesn't go away. Um, and so, but you can, you can help relieve yourself of some of the burden, uh, but that may be a daily choice of, of having to forgive again. And uh, eventually I think that does lighten and that does um, like not burden our heart quite as much, but, but those, those stepwise just, making those little choices to, to improve and to step forward every day. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. It's just making those little steps. And honestly, I'm sure if we talked to him more about that, there were days where he didn't take forward steps or weeks or months even where he maybe took some backward steps and his progress, I'm sure was not a hundred percent linear. Um, but the, the key is that he kept trying and kept taking those forward steps and over 50 years, it's amazing the man he is today is so inspirational. And so I hope to learn from that and be able to incorporate some of those principles, some of those things 
in my in my life. Um, and honestly, that's part of why we want to do this body spot program is to give us a platform to be able to help and and serve people and and kind of share what we know uh, with a broader audience so that we can help people um, take those forward steps in their life. So that's really what we're trying to do. What we're we're trying to be all about is teach people about their body. So their body is not the thing getting in the way of them becoming who they want to be.